1: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game changing technologies and strategies to shake up the status quo in human resources and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Yes, you are. This is HR Trends with Game Changers. We're live today. It is April 8th already. OMG. Let's get started. Today's buzz social recruiting. You might be scratching your head. You know what social is, you know what recruiting is, but maybe you haven't heard there's something called social recruiting. I did a little look up on Wikipedia and here's what they said. Social recruiting is a contested term. It's a concept at the intersection of recruitment and what they call the embryonic field of social media. Several terms are used interchangeably. Social hiring, social recruitment, social media recruitment. Hmm, let's... Dig down and see what this really means. Okay, look back historically. Gone is the era of your HR manager hoping to find hard-to-find unique, amazing talent that they would just stumble upon a job listing somewhere, somehow, and find what your postings are. Hmm. Today, millions of job candidates, even by the second, by the minute, are posting their credentials on social media sites. They do it for free. They do it eagerly. They're looking. They want to find you. So the question is, is this a match made in heaven? Is successful social recruiting for top talent by HR, an art or a science? Very important question. I have a panel of experts who are gonna help us figure this out. Let's kick off the party with my first guest today, Mervyn Dinnen, social engagement strategist and content creator for the recruitment and HR sectors, and he sent me the following quote and he's gonna explain it in just a second. He said social recruiting, it's just recruiting. Forget the word social. Get the hiring process right. Then social is no different from hiring over the Internet or the phone. Mervyn Dinnan, welcome. How are you today?
2: I'm very good, Bonnie. Good afternoon to you. Well, good thank afternoon you for... from London. Good morning to where you are.
0: Well, you know what? It's 12.04 p.m. here in New York, so you can rightfully say good afternoon to me, and I'll take it just the way intended. Mervyn, thank you for calling. Talk to me about this quote. You say, forget the word social and just do it right. Uh, this sounds very bold, so go ahead.
2: Well... Recruiting is recruiting, and the, the, the trouble is, once you put a word in front of it, like social, and we used to do it with the internet, we used to do it with the, the phone, then you, you, you move the focus away from recruiting, and you move it onto social. So it, it becomes about the platforms, it becomes about Twitter, Facebook, what do we say, what do we do, and it becomes like a silver bullet. It's the new magic Formula, Mm -hmm. and as long as we're on Twitter and Facebook, great people will come and work for us. But of course, it's not like that. (laughs) It goes back to the need, it goes back to the hiring need, and having a recruitment process that is designed to get the best people in that are the best fit for your company. And without that, it it doesn't matter whether you use, uh, you search on databases or you're using social media platforms. If you haven't got the first bit right, uh, you're just going to look bad on the second one. So you need to focus on the recruiting. And the social is just another uh, method to reach people.
0: And, in fact, it's probably the new shiny penny or the new shiny toy people are looking at. Quick question for you, Mervyn, before we bring on our second panelist. question is, are the seasoned, the the longtime HR people, the folks who've been hiring for decades, shall we say, are they lured by this social recruiting, quote-unquote, or are they saying – Nah, not so much. I'd rather keep doing it the old-fashioned way. Is there a, uh, a shall we say, a longevity factor in who is getting into this today? Um,
2: no, I think it depends. It, it, it depends on the company. It depends on the culture. It depends on the CEO whether they are a, a fairly social, kind of authentic, transparent person. Um, HR get a little bit scared of social media because they see the downsides, but. You say traditional methods, but to most companies, the traditional method is to advertise on a job board and to search the mm-hmm. TV database. Well, you know, that was brand new 10, 12 years ago. And 10, 12 years later, that's the old-fashioned traditional way. So, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of, everything moves on quite quickly. So I think that the, that the reason why they will begin to adopt it is candidates, job seekers, are using these platforms themselves.
0: Thank you very much. Great start to our topic, Mervyn Dinnin, and I'm going to introduce now your co-panelist. Her name is Katrina Collier at Winning Impression. That's her company name, and she is an independent voice on social recruiting, which is exactly why she's here. And here is Katrina's quote. Finding people on social channels is easy. Getting a response is a different matter, and that's the art. If you ignore or mistreat social job seekers, you'll miss hiring great people. Great quote. Thank you, Katrina Kyle. You're welcome. And how are you today? I'm very well. Thank you, Bonnie. Thanks thank you for, for having joining me. me. Our pleasure. So talk. And where are you calling from, by the way?
3: I'm also calling from London.
0: Okay. The well, UK. we have a London. We have, I think we have two in the U.S. and two in the U.K. Okay. We can cross the pond very well today. Uh-huh. So, Katrina, interesting quote. Who's mistreating whom? Talk to me. Tell me what your findings are. Okay. Well, I, I think,
3: I mean, Mervyn alluded to it a bit. It, But job seekers are appearing online, so that gives companies access directly to them for the first time, and I personally have seen a shift towards companies finding them themselves and sort of cutting out that middleman, be it the advertising or the CV database or the recruitment agency, and going directly. And then, of course, job seekers are now switching on and going, oh, well, actually, I can approach a company. And I can find people myself to talk to at that company and create my own opportunities. So there's been quite a shift in the two ways. And what I meant about, like, if you ignore or mistreat your social job seekers is that they're social beings. So they now have this tool to broadcast out. So if you don't supply them the information that they want, so one, they want to see an insight into a company before they apply, you'll miss them. And also, if you mistreat them, then they'll go and broadcast that out onto the social channels. So it's it's a changed world.
0: So it's it's a two-way street is what I hear you saying, that it goes inside out and outside in. And, in fact, social media has empowered the job seeker to say, knock, knock, I think you might have a job for me. Knock, knock, I want to talk to you about your company. Maybe there's a good fit. You'd better treat me well. Very interesting perspective. Thank you, Katrina. That's a great addition to our topic. And let's round out our panel with (laughs) our third guest today. It's Will Staney, who is a veteran of SAP radio. I think this is his third or fourth or fifth visit and he's the director of recruiting and strategic programs at success factors an sap company and here's the quote from will he says social media is not necessarily a source of hire it's a communication channel it's important to remember this when measuring an roi of your social recruiting efforts now we're talking about how productive is it really welcome back will staney how are you today
4: i'm good thanks for having me again
0: delighted to have you back so this is interesting what i love about the three quotes we've got is everybody's coming from a slightly different angle so we're really rounding out the topic so you're saying it's not necessarily a source of hire you're talking about social media it's a communication channel talk to me in the context of hr trends will go ahead
4: yeah and i think this is really where the recruiting industry is shooting itself in the foot when it comes to social recruiting i totally uh, agree with 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 mervyn that i don't think the term social recruiting is a lasting one. Uh, eventually, we will come to realize that it's just recruiting. And that comes to how we measure the use of this communication channel as well. To me, there's no such thing as a social media expert. There's social media, you know, being a social media expert is like saying you're an email expert or a text messaging expert. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's one of many channels of digital communication that we recruiters have at our disposal now because... Not that our industry or recruiting has changed, but because communication technology has changed, it's become more collaborative, more mm-hmm. open. Um, it's become more efficient. So now, honestly, recruiting isn't so much changing because of this new technology. It's going back to what it used to be. I think the, the, the decade of, uh, 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 where we spent in the job board era made our industry extremely transactional. It was, I'm going to post a job, spray it out there, and have a bunch of candidates, look through that and you on a haystack and find them. Now, due to these latest technologies, um, recruiting can start to actually um, catch up. Just like scientists now have better technology to really look at the vast universe and, and, and explain explain a lot of uh, amazing science, We in recruiting now have the technology and the data out there to find people better, faster, more efficiently, and in a more human way rather than transactional. So we're going back to the old days of where recruiters rely on their network and their and their and their networking skills and their social skills to find talent. That's really the only difference here. So when you're talking about measuring ROI, of course, and I think a lot of people keep saying, oh, I'm not getting many hires from social media. The fact is, actually, you are. In fact uh, – more people found jobs on Facebook than they did LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I consider it really? job board. But, but, the thing is, is that, you know, social is the mode of communication for 96% of the internet population. We know that 96% of people on the internet are on at least one social network. So if mm-hmm. you, as a recruiter, are, are, you're using these as a channel of communication, I mean, how often do you put email as a source of hire? Really, right? It's, it's an em- employee mm-hmm. referral. The employee sends you an email, um, you know, and, and then you market it, it. That's an employee referral, right? On social, uh, your employees are emailing their friends or, – I'm or, sorry, private messaging their friends on Facebook saying, hey, I'm looking for a job. Do you know anyone uh, or know any open? I get those messages every other day. I call wow. it the secret side of social. It's not measurable, Mm-hmm. The impacts we have of social are, 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 two, two very clear, uh, things. And one is, uh, the ease of, is the barrier of entries are gone. You can reach out to anybody. I recruited a rock star to help me get on stage and propose to my wife. And I've, <laughs> I've, I've, found rock star cloud architects and hired them. So it's, 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 there's no barrier entry. And then two, brand awareness, word of mouth. Social is word of mouth and recruiting is and, and your employer brand, why people want to work at your company, are fed by word of mouth and referrals. So social is word of mouth and referrals. It's another communication channel, not a source of hire. It can be a source of hire because I could indeed post a job on the Twitter uh, mm-hmm. if I really wanted to. And someone could mm-hmm. click on it, go to that job system, apply, and then boom, we end up hiring them. So, yes, sometimes it's a source of hire, but most of the time, it's just another communication channel, and we got to think about that when we're trying to hold social media to this magic standard, which I, I get a lot from my business as well. People, you know, they we got we to do this all on social and get our jobs out on social. I'm like, Meh. we need content. <laughs> we need to tell a story, and then they know how to find our jobs. It's just a simple Google search or going to our career site, and then mm-hmm. they're all right there. I don't need to spam jobs on social.
0: Thank you, Will. A lot of meat on the bones there. I have a quick comment for you and Katrina and Mervyn about a little more of my research this morning. Number one, I want to make sure during the course of the show we talk about the difference in people looking for jobs or posting jobs, Facebook versus LinkedIn. That was a new piece of information for me, Will. The other thing I noticed on on Wikipedia was the debate was, is social recruiting really social in the truest up-to-date sense of the word if it's not a curated community rather than just oh, it's on one of the social media channels, because they said to be social, it needs to be a community where people are going back, oh, I know you, I don't know you, introduce me, so it has to be something that has that sense of an online community, but we'll talk about that later. I have a very tough question for the three of you. You know what's coming. I prepped you already. What's in your cup today? Are you drinking something interesting? If not, make up a story. Let's start with Mervin Dinnan. Mervyn, what's in your cup? Yeah.
2: Well, in my cup today, Bonnie, is coffee, and it invariably yep. is. If you follow me online, you'll know I drink a lot of coffee.
0: And I want to know bio. what kind of coffee, what flavor of coffee. Is it high tester? Is it weaker, is it decaf? Is it, is it a latte? Is it a straight? Come on, give this me a little more, that, a little more information.
2: I'm at, I'm at home. I'm speaking to you from home, so this is a fairly standard kind of um, filter coffee. I don't have any fancy machines here. I'm afraid because I don't have an espresso machine here because um, uh, the person I live with hates the smell of coffee. So I I have a big problem. (laughs) I drink it all the time, but I'm with somebody that can't stand the smell of it. So um, I tend to do most of my coffee drinking out. And in fact, I was lucky enough to be invited to a a coffee tasting at uh, Nespresso's boutique in London uh, Mm. about five six weeks ago, which I'd never been to before, and it was a bit like a wine tasting. Uh, almost the same way um but the interesting thing for me was that they you know the the espresso comes with a very thin film of froth on it and you've got a special spoon to brush the froth away so you can smell and taste the real coffee Mm. and uh, yesterday morning there was a few of us from the uh, uk hr community chatting online and we have this running joke about an hr coffee shop because one of your um one of your American brands that I think started in Seattle about 20-odd years ago um, uh-huh. has this thing, as you probably know, where they ask you your name. So they write it on the cup right. um, to make it a very personal experience. But, of course, the thing is that they, you know, it's a busy shop, and you give them a name like Mervyn. And they can't ask you to spell it because it rather, it, it rather kind of you know, ruins the illusion of the experience. <laughs> so they just write what they think they heard. So most of the time, what they give you isn't your name at all. But it's something a bit like it, and we were talking about the froth on the coffee um, and the froth in the HR coffee shop. And I said, well, there's no froth. There shouldn't be any froth in the com- conversations. And I think if we lead back to what you just said, um, there should be no froth around social recruiting. You need to push Ooh. it out the way and smell the real coffee.
0: What and a beautiful segue. the stuff segue. That
2: talk about <laughs> yes. is, is the froth, and we need to talk I- about the coffee.
0: I love it. That was that was elegant, Mervyn. That was absolutely an elegant segue. Thank you so much. I'm I'm a fan. Okay, Katrina Collier. I won't ask you to top that, but you can if you will, with or without the froth. What are you drinking today, Katrina?
3: Well, actually, well, because of the time here in London, I'm I'm actually drinking a peppermint tea, which is probably a little bit lame. Um, but going back to the topic at hand. Because it's such an interesting topic, somebody approached me today asking me, oh, can we meet for a coffee? Can, I, you know, I want to pick your brain. And because of that, I'm meeting somebody brand new because of the fact that social media does give you that access that we didn't have before. Whereas, you know, my network would have been quite small and my word of mouth reach quite small before and now it's, you know, global. So someone from right across who happens to be in London next week will be having coffee with me. So, That's what's in my cup. I'm quite excited about this new meeting and new potential.
0: How wonderful. And by the way... I love peppermint tea. It's one of my favorites. I'm more of a tea person than a coffee person, so there's nothing lame about peppermint tea. I well, won't let you say that about me. So not, it's you It's know. not a
3: tea pigs one. If it was a tea pigs one, I might be excited.
0: Okay. We'll keep that in. Now, my engineer just said if you add a little <laughs> vodka, that'll spice it up a little bit, but he didn't say oh, that. This is
3: wine
0: o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> wine o'clock. Oh, we got a good group today. Will Staney, I won't ask you to top those two, but what's in your cup today, Will?
4: So I think it's great. Every time I'm this is my third time on the show, and every time I've gotten I'm been drinking coffee from some local place that I absolutely love. I think the first time was at a local Italian roast I had in, in uh, Little Italy in Boston. Uh, mm. Last time it was a local Austin uh, bean here, and today uh, actually my my wife and I had our honeymoon in Kauai two years ago, and recently my mother in law was there, and we begged her that while she was there to please get us some um uh estates um coffee beans from Kauai uh, we actually loved it and we ran out of the of the, the hoard we took back home with us 2 years ago and uh and so i am drinking that this morning and feeling a little bit of paradise in my cup
0: Oh, I love that. Paradise in the Cup, that's a beautiful thing. And Will knows, because he's been on the show so many times, they only let Bonnie have water on show days. No caffeine for the mm-hmm. host. What can I tell you? I'm speaking today with a very lively bunch, Mervyn Dinnen, Katrina Collier, Will Staney. Our topic today is social recruiting art or science and i'll add a third one to that or fluff we'll be right back don't even think of touching that mouse that app that dial i'm bonnie d graham this is a live edition of hr trends with game changers brought to you by sap we're here on the business channel and we're going to rock this topic you really don't want to move until we finish the show a lot of great information perspectives and great expertise from my three panelists so we'll be right back brad out
1: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to HR Trends with Game Changers.
0: We're going to kick off our marathon roundtable about 30 minutes nonstop. I forgot to tell my guests to put their seatbelts on because this is no kidding. We're just gonna lunge ahead and, and just dissect this topic every which way. I'm gonna kick this off with Mervin Dinnan, one of your talking points you sent me before the show, Mervin. Let's get down to basics. Our topic today, of course, is social recruiting art or science, or fluff, I say that on the side. Let's start from the very basics. Mervin says it starts with a job description. Do you really know what you're looking for, what they will do, the person will do, how they will be managed, why you don't already have someone in place in your company who can do this. You can't take the right route into the market, whatever your style of, of recruiting is, social or otherwise, unless you know exactly what you need. And one more comment, he says, nothing looks worse in the public arena than a company that doesn't seem to know what it's doing. Why don't you kick this off for us, Mervyn, and then we will have Will and Katrina in any order they please chime in so let's start with the job description go ahead
2: okay well i think it it, it 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 starts as with any piece of recruitment it doesn't just start with hey we need a person it, it goes one step before that and it's kind of what is it that isn't being done what is it you need somebody to do are you growing a team uh, is there something new that needs to be done um, are you getting a lot more work Th- there needs to be a reason and that, that i suppose you, know, you you need to ask yourself the questions, do we have people here? Uh, Do we know people? Uh, And start to use maybe a referral network because the candidate experience ultimately is is, is what we will talk about. Um, But once you're using social channels, that candidate experience is magnified. It's on steroids. So if if you um, muck a candidate around, uh, they will take to social channels to complain. So you need to get it right from the start. Um because if you go out and whatever your platforms, um, if you if you go out there looking for somebody but you haven't really thought it through and you attract maybe a number of candidates who are interested, uh and I was a recruiter for a number of years and then you get the well we're not sure, we've changed the spec or we might have somebody here or we don't know if we need this person anymore. That kind of thing looks really bad and if you're using the social channels you're you're in the public arena. So however you're doing it, whether you're actually putting jobs out there, whether you're holding conversations uh, through LinkedIn, Twitter, on a Facebook page with interested candidates, it's going to look a bit dumb if you then say, well, actually, we don't need that anymore. Or, well, you know, we were looking for Ruby on Rails developers, but actually we forgot we got a whole bunch of them. What we really need is, um, so you've got to get it right from the start.
0: Interesting. There's always that suspicion, I believe, coming from the, the uh not that well about four years ago the job seekers side, Mervyn, that if a job is filled too quickly by the time you apply for it in a very short period of time, and they say, Ah, oh, it's already filled, you say, Darn, it was filled inside. They didn't really look outside. They just did it because it was a legal requirement. Any comments on that before Katrina and we'll jump in. Thoughts? Um
2: that might be. Um, I'm trying to think. this is between UK and US law, I'm not. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily. There might be some roles that there's a legal requirement to advertise it. But I think you know, most of the conferences I go to, everybody talks about developing people, talent management, mm-hmm. kind of giving exactly. giving the people you've got a chance to to prove themselves. And quite often, the last place that you look the filler role is actually what you already have talent that's under your nose if you like Um, and that's often the last stage as opposed to the first stage but I don't know if maybe there's a legal requirement with with, with what you said there where it needs to be advertised
0: okay Katrina Collier what are your thoughts on what we talked about starting with the job description what do you think
3: Uh, I mean I certainly agree Um, I think the point that Mervyn raised that caught my attention because I've seen this happen twice recently Um, was the fact that they then did fill the role internally because Mm -hmm. they had somebody, they hadn't identified them and two of my very good high-caliber friends were passed over even though they'd gone through the whole interview process. So you can imagine, you know, they've gone through the first one, which is your telephone one, then they've taken the time to turn up on site and interview and so on, wasted a lot of their valuable time to then be told, oh, it got filled internally. And so, of course, where did they go? Well, they went to Facebook, they went to Twitter, they complained, they mentioned company names. Ooh. And so that yep. snowballs because everyone then jumps on that conversation. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, they have some power. So that so was the point that really stood out for me there. Um, to answer, only the uh, public sector companies here, I believe, have to actually advertise all roles. I don't uh, no, sorry, yeah, public sector. The private sector mm-hmm. companies don't. So,
0: Katrina, what are your thoughts? I think you're right. What are your thoughts about starting with the job description? How would you advise people uh, in, in your company? How do you advise your clients in terms of how much of the description can they convey on LinkedIn or Facebook or even Twitter? What do you suggest in terms of having honing in on what you really want to say before you start talking about it socially? Um. I mean, I
3: think it's very much getting out there and talking to the business and seeing what the real gap is. And sometimes that will take quite several conversations because sometimes people go, oh, I just want this, and actually they don't. Um, but I always advise when you're putting your job descriptions out there, because when you think about, I mean, say you look at your news feed on, you know, be it LinkedIn or Facebook or Google Plus or wherever, it's flying past. So you don't have much time to grab attention. So I always advise my clients, whatever you do when you're putting it out there, Think about what's in it for them, as in the job seeker, the person you're trying to attract, and start with that. Not the, we are after this. It's, you'll come and join a team and you'll do this, and bring them into that excitement immediately. So mightn't be quite the answer you're after, but that's the advice.
0: No, that's, that's fine. Mind. That's fine. I, I like it when the conversation goes in various ways. And before I bring Will in, I just want to bring up a point of something you told me before the show. You said, Katrina, that uh, don't be, don't have a pretense. In other words, if your people are expected to work long hours, don't post the job as it's nine to five. You'll yeah. have plenty of family life. You say because people will find out and they will go bye bye, and that's expensive. Why don't you talk to that quickly before Will comes on?
3: I think that's very true. And I I think that people today want to hear from their peers. So they want to know what it's truly like. And I sort of referred to that insight, you know, giving the insight to the company. Um, And so you're you're absolutely right. There is no point pretending that you work 9 to 5 if you work from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. You know, there's just no point. They're going to find out soon enough by people, you know, sending out a tweet like, oh, I'm on my way to the pub finally and things like this. And you're like, wow, they really do work long hours. So you'll be caught out. And then I think through videos and and photographs, just be genuine. Do it from peer to peer, not PR-polished management speak, but genuine, Mm. this is what it's like to work here, this is why we love working here.
0: Absolutely, be authentic. Will Staney, I'm sure you are chomping at the bit to chime in on this. Talk to me. What do you think about the starting with the real job description, being authentic, being a real person, and uh, not posting jobs that you really are already talking about inside? What do you think?
4: Got it. Yes. So it, it, it's good This discussion has gone around as far as like how to do proper intake meetings with hiring managers to truly understand what they're looking to, to who they're looking to hire, beyond even what they may think they need to. They need. So like I come to a hiring manager like a you know like a psychologist. I come in there and I ask the hard questions to really get the the story and really understand what they're wanting this person to do and make them really think holistically about what gap this person is filling. Because then it that really goes into helping create a job description that is reads more like an actual job description, whereas most job descriptions read like a person description. It's like, we're looking for someone that does this and has this bullet point skill and this education requirement and will travel this percentage. It's all about their ideal candidate, and most of the time it's inflated much higher than what they actually need. And it mm. it, 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 it it it's not soft skill focus. It's not causal focus. I think what recruiting needs to change mindset-wise is that your job descriptions now in the age of social media and web and content marketing are marketing. They're marketing that, uh, pieces of marketing material for your jobs. In fact, in many cases, it's the only piece of marketing material you have. Most companies aren't doing social yet, right? Maybe, uh, seven percent of companies, uh, you know, only seven percent of companies even have a strategy around social. So, a lot of times, still posting the niche job boards, and in some um, areas of the world, job boards are still 50% of where people find their jobs. I'm doing a lot of campaigns in places like Hungary and Bulgaria and a lot of global initiatives, and job descriptions are probably the last thing we look at from a recruiting organization, and it's actually the most important. Imagine you know reading a job description that went in and said things like, this person on the team is going to help build this product. Which for our customers will do this day to day. They'll work with this person and this person on building the next great product for a company, hoping to achieve blah 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 and revenue and profit. I mean, they they're learning the impact by building this product. Our customers will be able to increase, you know, uh, energy efficiency for the U.S. by 20%. I mean, how is how is this job and what they are doing making not just an impact on the individual team and not just in the whole country, but the the, with the, the general public and your customers, so uh, it really telling a story and and I'll go into this when we talk about my talking point on on um, you know how how social cleaning is impossible without content, but it really it starts the job description, and most of they, them are completely awful
0: yeah. That, very good point we 're not trying to be nasty or damning, but if it, let's tell it the way it is that 's why we do these shows to get the experts to talk real talk about what 's really what the real situation is I want to move to one of and thank you will I want to move to one of katrina 's point about uh, people like to engage with people not brands or logos and i 'm going to read a, a quote from you katrina and then i 'll have all three of you comment you say I often hear a reluctance by HR or corporate recruiters to be themselves they 're concerned about their business and personal worlds, but to recruit successfully on social networks, people want to feel that they know you. What is that fine line? I sense it is a fine line. How much personality as a recruiter do you share and, and going back to Will's point, and, and I think your point, Katrina, also, are you posting a marketing-speak job description that's sterile, or that's a little over-hypey-hyped, that's that's a little grandiose? Uh, when does the recruiter, when are they supposed to be a person? You say use a photo of yourself, mix up business and lighthearted updates, have a personality. What is the expectation? I'm completely new to this concept, so Katrina, why don't you lead this one? Uh,
3: wow. Wow. Um... <laughs>
0: were many points made then. Um,
3: So my thing is, I mean, I I, I always say people buy from people, and I shouldn't really say buy, but Mm -hmm. they do. But
0: they are.
3: Exactly. We're people, and we're engaging with people, and I think the whole context of this show so far has been about it's social, it's engaging. So it's about being yourself. You know, if I'm followed, so let's look at Twitter, for example. If somebody follows me on Twitter and they're a logo, I'm very reluctant to follow back or to engage with them until I know who it is, until I find out it's a human being that is doing the tweeting for this logo. Whereas if if I, you know, say you followed me, Bonnie, the first thing I'm gonna do is have a look at your profile. I'm gonna have a look at some of your tweets to see that you're having conversations, that it isn't just a feed of jobs. It is actually, oh, she's replied to this, and added this, and shared this article, and retweeted this, and and therefore I'll follow you back. When I see your mm-hmm. face, a bio, and proper engagement so I think that's the point I'm getting at is, is the engagement the being human and yes there is a line um, I mean Mervyn, I know I know very well in myself we are ourselves you know we tend to use one Twitter account which is our business and our personal and we mash it all up um, anybody that follows me knows that they'll get lots of insight about social recruiting but they'll also get plenty of dog photos um, and they just accept that because I'm a human being um, there you go. So, but I also think when you're attracting talent to your company you're also looking for that sort of um, company fit or cultural fit and you're going to do that with your personality and certainly when I've worked in internal roles the people that I attracted sort of matched the culture because they were drawn to me and what I was sharing and what we were doing and the projects and the people they weren't drawn to the logo and they weren't Thank drawn you. to corporate marketing speak they were drawn to the conversations we were having and great and how points katrina
0: were. i want to know about Mervin. Mervin, you have to jump in here katrina was invoking your name so what do you think about the personality and the dog photos from the recruiter standpoint you're a content creator you're a social strategist what do you think Mervin?
2: <laughs> well i think there's two sides to that the, 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 the Katrina is right, and, and you want to engage with an individual. Um, and if you're a job seeker, it's great to think that you're speaking to a person. Everybody knows that, the, you know, brands don't tweet, people do. It's, uh, you know, the name of a book. It's a bit of a cliche, but it's true. Um, and that every update, even if it's a list of jobs, is being put by a person. Um, and therefore, you, 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 you need... We, we, we're we used to marketing messages and, and advertising messages you're know, blaring out from billboards and stuff but that's quite passive um, we don't expect, we, we recoil if we're face to face with somebody who's constantly trying to sell something to us um, and that's what social media is like, so I think you, you do have to, there's two sides to the personal though, one is the actual individual the other side is somehow personalising the brand so knowing that what the business is like, knowing what the tone of voice should be. Who are you? You know, that, that, that kind of, you know, if, if the business walked into a room now, what would it look like if it was a person? Would it be male, female? How old? What would it be wearing? Yeah. People visualize these things and they want to feel that, they're, that, they're interacting with mm-hmm. a person. And if you're, you're going to interact as the brand, you've got to somehow personalize that brand and not make it very corporate, like corporate comms and PR. You know, it's we this, we that. Um, People don't like that, uh, and that's why, you know, they're, they're turned off for of politics, they're turned off a lot of big company uh, marketing messages, because it's very broadcast at them, and they want to talk to somebody, not be talked at.
0: Absolutely. I always think of the corporate we, W-E in quotes, as the hospital we. Are we ready for our shot now, sir? Are we ready for our medicine, yeah. ma'am? You know, you know, yeah. bend over. What can I tell you? Uh, Will Staney, I'm going to let you talk on this topic, and, and whenever you're ready, let's segue, because we only have about 10 minutes left for this segment. Let's segue into your topic on social recruiting is impossible without compelling content. So if you want to talk about the personal side of, of social recruiting from the perspective of how does the HR person or the recruiter reveal? Themselves on social, and then more for me, please, into the co- compelling content.
4: Yeah, and these are two related things. Uh, I think the the idea of a separation of your personal self and your business self is uh, a, a legacy of a time before we lived in more of a transparent, communicative world, and uh, it's it's really a, a, it's 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 a myth. Um, the thing is, is you walk into a conference room with a bunch of people you're about to do business with. What is the first thing that you you do? It's it's small chat, right? It's, oh, do you have kids? Are you married? Oh, where are you from originally? Oh, these are all very personal questions. You wouldn't even post on the Internet probably personal information about your children, right? But here you are in a conference room doing that with a complete stranger. The mm-hmm. fact is we build business relationships through personal connection, through yes by uh, you know, empathy and, and, and understanding another person's personality. You do business with somebody like a salesperson because you like them and you trust them. Social is all about building trust. And, in, and the only way to do that is through humanized, dynamic content. And what I mean is um, when you're trying to show what it's truly like to, to work in your company – um, a little self statement at the top of your job description isn't going to do it what 's going to do it is um, a two minute video where you sit down with the hiring manager and they talk about the culture on the team, the kind of person they're looking for, you know what impact this person is going to have on their team and the company and, and really get real and human and then i mean that's a two minute youtube video you, you, you put it in your email communications that you when you reach out to candidates and let the content do the selling and let them truly see. Or maybe it's having an Instagram account where you're just post, you know, sort of inside the office type photos of employees and having fun. Maybe they're playing foosball. Maybe you have uh, a beer bash on Fridays like several of my employers in the past have had. You know, show that. Let candidates literally see what it's like to work there before they even apply. And what happens is they'll organically, uh, organically filter out. They'll see, okay, well, I see what the day to day is like there. I don't know, not really the culture I was looking for. And then they won't apply, which is fantastic because that's one less candidate that your recruiters <laughs> are talking to that is not a cultural fit. But then the people that are a fit, they look into that window and they say, man, I want to work there. It gives them the fuel to try even harder, to gain the skills that you want them to have because you've already communicated well what you're looking for. And they try harder to get in. And, they're, and they come in and they're a culture fit every time. So you're weeding out some of those things that usually you have to filter out through a long hiring process, but if you put dynamic content on the front end of your talent attraction strategy, I mean, social is absolutely nothing without content, and it could be pictures, it could be video, it could be a radio show like this.
0: Great points, Will, and and I know that's what was uh, something that Katrina believes in as well. Will, I have a reality check question for you, and not to be a downer, but in an environment, in a, in a, an economic environment where people are I hate to use the word desperate, but they seriously need a job. Will you get some pretenders to the throne who say, oh, sure, I love to work till 11 every night? Oh, yeah, I love dogs. Yeah. And they're going to say, oh, I would be such a great fit. In other words, they're going to try to mold and morph themselves into the the climate, the environment, the social connections you're looking for because they need the job. Their skill set is good. Maybe the culture is not exact fit, but they're willing to sacrifice that because they need the paycheck. What what do you do about
4: that will. Um, that usually gets weeded out in the in the hiring process. I mean, yeah, okay. some people um, will want to go in, but there's few people that will, will get through a, a good hiring process where you have all the right people involved that need to assess the person. That you don't sniff that out when you're asking the right questions, um, and and you're really pushing them. And I, I, we do th- we do this by like setting up the interview team the right way. One person really gets them on the technical stuff. They drill down on the resume. The next person really just like gets to know them. Maybe maybe they they just sit down. and They talk about their personality. What what are their passions even outside of work? They're Really Mm dig into the culture. And and throughout that process, these things come to light. It's like it's it's like someone um, you know on the witness stand. Uh, a little bit, kind of being interrogated by an uh, uh, by a lawyer, but in a less aggressive way. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, <laughs> the truth starts to come out in conversation of what how a person really is, and you start to see that stuff. and and I think there's a difference between um, desperation and then finding mm-hmm. uh, what you need to do to get where you want to be. And I think there's programs like that where you can take online courses to grow your skills if you're a long time employed, person that helps with placement and it helps with you gaining new skills. I think recruiters want to see someone who is long-term uh, employed that during this time and during this economy, they took that free time to not only aggressively search for a job, but hone their skills with skills that are needed right now. I mean, especially in the technical world. I mean, kids are graduating from technical colleges with learning things that are honestly are about four years old now
0: because now mm-hmm. we have big data
4: analytics things that aren't even in the curriculum yet that we're needing Talent for right now. So yeah. it, if they're continuing their skills, that shows that they're truly passionate, they're truly wanting it, and that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna find that out in the interview process.
0: Thank you. I think that part of the, uh, um, jury selection, they call it voir dire, where the lawyers That's have right. a chance to reject, but it's the, it's the voir to see, and dire is to say in French. That's, yes, I'm not sure how elegant the French is, but it certainly is what they do. I, I have four <laughs> minutes until break. You know, I've already just recommended to Mike Montalban, who is the co-producer on this series, we have to have you all back for part two. So just beware. <laughs> You're going to get an image. If he won't put you back on HR trends, I'm inviting you on coffee break, because this is an amazing topic. Now, the question is, four minutes left, I'm going to go around the table, start with Katrina, then Mervyn, then Will. Why don't you take a minute each, try to keep it tight, and here's the statement I'm reading from Katrina's talking points. Ninety-four percent of recruiters think LinkedIn is the answer because... LinkedIn has the noisiest sales and marketing department but there were only I love it but there were only 277 million LinkedIn members and more than 50% are unresponsive could they be on Google Plus GitHub or another Katrina give me a 1 minute answer to this then we'll do Mervin for a minute and then Will then we'll go to break and we'll come back with the predictions round at the end we definitely don't have enough time today go ahead Katrina 1 minute on why is LinkedIn so noisy and is that the only place to find the best people Talk to me.
3: Well, well, yeah, LinkedIn's noisy because it has 3,500 staff shouting at you and telling you that it is the answer to your recruitment prayers um, because people have put complete profiles on there. So, you know, in a way, it's quite easy to find those profiles. However, what's really difficult is to get a response because over 50% of members do not visit the site once a week. Now, if you compare that to Facebook with 1.4 billion users, 60% Sixty percent go on there daily. Twenty-five percent are like me and they're on there all the time. You've got much greater access just on that network alone. But what you've got to be doing is being clever in how you use it because it's not as easy to use as LinkedIn. So that's why recruiters will go there. One, the you know the marketing department's noisy. And two, it's easy because the details are there. Whereas the sites like Facebook and Google Plus, we can just send the half a million, oh, sorry, half a billion users an email. Mm -hmm. I just a little bit harder to find. You've got to work out how to find them. It's a different way of looking at it. But they are there. You might look for interests as opposed to looking for skills and job titles.
0: Thank you very much. Good insights. Let's add Mervin Din into this conversation. Mervin, what do you think? LinkedIn, Facebook, Google+, GitHub, what's your favorite? Where should people be looking? Where should recruiters be focusing?
2: Well, most of them, uh, most recruiters and HR people uh, uh, focus on LinkedIn. It's where, it's where recruiters go to find people. But LinkedIn isn't where job seekers go to find a job. <laughs> um, LinkedIn yeah. is not a social network. Uh, for the purposes of recruiting, we think it's the number one social network. But if you go to a, a marketing, a digital marketing conference, you'll be there eight hours and the words LinkedIn will never be mentioned. Um, mm. They wouldn't see LinkedIn as a social network. Um, it's a content sharing platform. The content could be your profile. The content could be uh, a link to something you like or a link promoting uh, maybe a blog that your company's put out. Um, but it isn't very social. And it's, it, but, but to most recruiters and HR people, they think it is. Um, so if they go and look at a few profiles on LinkedIn, they think they're doing social recruiting. But it's not, as Katrina said, it's not conversational. People don't respond to it.
0: Very interesting. And Will Staney and I have a, a news blast for my panel. We're not going to take a final break. This is too good to stop. We're just going to go right through to predictions. I'm sorry. I'm not punishing you. I'm honoring you. So, Will Staney, <laughs> you can have more than a minute on this topic of LinkedIn, Facebook, GitHub. Where do you recommend the recruiters go? Where do you think the job seekers are? Talk to me.
4: It really depends on the talent you're going for. I, it, it's it's just like when you're putting a marketing plan plan together you got to know who your customer is and know where they're hanging out and where they you're you're going to get the most targeted reach for your message and in our case in recruiters that message is a job opportunity and so when i get a certain candidate profile i do research okay geographically in this country or this region where are people not actively looking for a job but where are they online And then I target my marketing specifically. And this is what's great about social recruiting is that you can can target your messaging so perfectly. I can post from our corporate Facebook page for careers um, a a story about uh, a software engineer working at our app houses in in Ireland and his great experience with a little link to a job to join that team. And I can make sure that only people in Ireland – who are interested in SAP software development, Java, will see that that posting, and so mm-hmm. none of the people that aren't relevant will. So, um, honestly, uh, LinkedIn, and I, I had an interesting conversation about LinkedIn with uh, Will Thompson and several other people on a um, on a Facebook group uh, called uh, Recruiters Online, and someone posted an article about know why I'm growing sick and tired of LinkedIn. And we got into this big debate and, and what I said is the problem is recruiters for too long have put all their eggs in the LinkedIn basket. So mm. but but the fact is is that candidates are more fragmented than than that on the web. They're they're all over the place. It really depends on what you're looking for. Looking for a Java developer, maybe GitHub, maybe Twitter is a good place. Looking for a salesperson? Absolutely it's gonna be LinkedIn. That's the first place I'm gonna check. But before I check all those things, The first thing I'm going to check is my ATS database, and I'm going to check my CRM. If I'm I'm a company that has a CRM talent pool, I'm going to start within first, then go out and know my customer. Know where my target uh, customer for this job is. And so when I get um, a request from the business that says, okay, well, we got to hire 50 people in Bulgaria, and they are all UI developers. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to research. Where is the majority of online traffic happening in Bulgaria? I don't care if it's a, a job site or if it's LinkedIn or whatever. Uh, I'm going to advertise there. It, I found out in, in Bulgaria, 90% of the population was on Facebook. And I said, well, great, 90% of the population is on Facebook. I'm going to do some targeted ads with content, not just a job ad, but an ad with content that highlights why we're hiring in Bulgaria. And what do you know? Applications increased 200%. Right, mm. so it's about shovel- it's harding your messaging and shoveling just relevant people in there. And what's happening is I'm seeing my visit to apply ratio on social be two to five times higher, which means the people that are seeing that job for the first time are more relevant. So whereas on social, I have anywhere from thirty to fifty percent visit to apply ratio. That means thirty to fifty percent of the people seeing my jobs are. Taking the effort to actually click on them and view them and apply to them. So what that tells me is that just the inherent targeted nature of social, um, mm-hmm. brings higher quality candidates. So for me, it, it's not about is it LinkedIn or is it GitHub or is it Twitter? No, it's where am I going to find this person? And I'm not looking for active. I'm looking the only, I'm looking for passive too. That's 90% of the job in the workforce, right? And I figure out, I think like a web marketing expert, Which luckily that's my degree is in. And I, and I do that and it's effective. It works
0: well you're hired now it's time for me to move into the final round which is called crystal ball the predictions round we now have about 6 minutes left till hard stop at 58 after so i'm going to circle back around the panel start with mervin Dinnan, social engagement strategist and content creator for recruitment and hr sectors mervin i'll give you a minute and a half 90 seconds take it all please Five years from today, or if you love the idea of hindsight as 2020, go six years to 2020. What would we be talking about if we met again six years from today on this topic? 90 seconds, Mervyn, go.
2: Well, I think, Bonnie, you'd probably say to me, can you remember six years ago, we actually had a whole hour on internet radio talking about recruitment and social media like it was some crazy idea? And like, yeah, kind of. Who would have believed? It seems so strange that the the people had to be persuaded to do this. Um, I I really think, you know, I mean, as I said earlier on, kind of, uh, if we'd have done this in kind of 1998, we'd have said internet recruitment. It will never catch on. What people go on the internet to find jobs now? It'll never happen. They pick up a paper and things like that. Um, And I'm sure 30, 40 years ago. Um, people uh, were saying, you, you can't pick up the phone and ring somebody. You've got to write them a letter. You can't just ring them up. They don't know who you are. So I think these things become normal. Uh, and I think in 2020, the pace of advancement of, of these things now, I think in 2016 we'll be saying this. In 2020, we'll be wearing all our tech. It, in fact, we might have gone mm-hmm. beyond wearing all our tech. And I think most of what we're talking about here will be so second nature. From every generation, not digital natives, for everybody, that it will just be recruiting, and we we won't believe we ever used any other methods to find good people.
0: Thank you, Mervin. Great, Katrina Collier I, from Winning Impression. I can give you exactly ninety seconds, and then Will will have exactly. We're almost out of time. Go ahead, Katrina.
3: Oh, big question. Um, I think it will. I think the channels that are truly social. And truly about engagement and proper, you know, getting to know people. And, and those sort of the barriers will drop because people will know people and therefore use that network. That will increase. So the likes of, um, I can't remember quite how Mervyn put it before, but it was like a content site like LinkedIn, I think they will die a death. And I think they're truly social ones where we properly engage like your Twitters and your Facebooks will be the ones that sustain and succeed and keep going into the future. But there will definitely be a change and there'll be a lot more niche sites, for niche interest-based sites, uh, as Will was referring to with where the skills are all hanging out. And I think that's the, 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 there'll be a change of the way we interact, but it'll be very social-based. Not I've just plastered my CV up online.
0: Okay. That's Thank you think. very much, Katrina. I appreciate that. And Will Staney, I can give you uh, about 90 seconds. You can take a couple more if you want to, and then I need some time to close. So go ahead, Will. You know how it rocks at the end. It's tight. Go ahead.
4: And this is the, the the future of social recruiting,
0: right? In five years from today, if we had this conversation, what would you be saying? What will have changed?
4: Um, I think we'll be talking a less about how awesome social and all the data that's out there is and and we won't even call it social recruiting. It'll just be recruiting. And I think um, at that time, we're going to be more talking about what we're doing with all this vast amount of, of personal data online. I think what's going to happen is we're going to, at that point, be uh, looking at things like predictive analytics. I'm going to be able to look at my current work first and have a pretty good idea based on social data and web data. If they're on the move, I think they're going to have – uh, we're going to have more synergy. You're seeing a lot of right now, a lot of um, social sourcing technology type companies get bought up by bigger HCM kind of companies. My mm-hmm. company was one of those, but you also see a lot of the other big players doing the same thing. There's a consolidation happening. It's because they know that five, ten years from now, HR software, including recruiting, is going to be in the stack. It's You're going to it's going to be hooked in to the other business processes and software that the company uses so that they can start getting predictive. We've got big data, and it's going to become more and more useful to our industry when you can do things like, let's say, um, all of a sudden, your order fulfillment system is showing that uh, demand in a certain region is is, is skyrocketed, and you need – and and based on that, it pings the recruiting recruiting solution and says, hey – um, demand is increasing in this area. It, it, if you don't hire, you know, some salespeople in the next 60 days for that area, the demand is going to reach more than what you can serve. And, and then proactively, the recruiters can start pipelining and hiring people before it comes too late. So I think these technologies, in five years, we're going to be talking about technologies that help us get out Thank of the world we live in and more into the proactive.
3: Thank
0: you, and I've got less than 60 days. I've got 60 seconds to close the show, so I want to tell everybody that tomorrow it's Wednesday. That means we'll be on the air with Coffee Break with Game Changers, 8 a.m. Pacific, Thursday morning. 7 a.m. Pacific it gets earlier and earlier Future of Business with Game Changers Thursday afternoon the final episode of Startup Focus with Game Changers that's 1 p.m. Pacific Monday we start the cycle again with Financial Excellence with Game Changers at 10 a.m. Pacific and next Tuesday we'll be right back here with HR Trends with Game Changers thank you so much to Mervin Dinnan, my guest Katrina Collier my guest Will Staney my guest great conversation great interaction I hope to have the three of you back because it's been a great party great conversation conversation. Shout-outs to Mike Montelbon, co-producer, working with Carolyn Cahote at SAP to sponsor the show, Brad and the Business Channel team, and a shout-out to, let's see, we have somebody named Roar Talent, R-O-A-R, has been tweeting alongside of Mike Montelbon, Mike G. Montelbon. Thank you very much for capturing words of wisdom, and a shout-out to somebody named, let's see who we got here, uh, Mark Rice. The audience is global, business people, and we're heard in over 100 countries, and we'd love to have you join the party. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you so much, and here is my call to action fasten your seat belt what are you waiting for go out and be a game changer today signing off for another live edition of hr trends with game changers presented by sap talk to you tomorrow on coffee break bye bye <music>
1: Thanks again for tuning in to HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.